that's what your pastor was raised on in. So that's just a blast from the 80s. That song will always hold a special place in my heart. Uh, one of the three times in my life where I hit the wall and there was no going through. I hit the pit that was too deep to get out of. And that song came on the radio on A1A in Daytona Beach Shores, Florida. And the Lord whispered to my heart, he said, what I have done for you, what I have planned for you, and what I'm going to do is marvelous. <laughs> Not because I was good, but because he is good. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, beginning with verse 1, very familiar and appropriate scripture. And for those of you that are wondering if we know where the air conditioner button is, it's on. The way this building is designed, it decides by the temperature outside if it should cut on or wrong. It's, in, it's deceived and it's diluted. Just trust me, if you've got a man 5'9", 235 pounds on and the air ain't on, it ain't his choosing. So... Lord, help this thing to, to work. Okay, Matthew chapter 21. And when they drew nigh to Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples. And he said to them, go over into the next village and straightway you will find an ass, a donkey, a colt and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone say unto you, uh, what are you doing with these? You shall say, the Lord hath need of them. And straightway he will send them. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, your king cometh unto you, meek and sitting upon a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ice and the cold, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed crying, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And when Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple, this is the second time he cleansed the temple. And he overthrew the tables of money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And when the chief priest and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple, the children crying in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were so displeased. And he said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings? Thou hast perfected praise. And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. Just remain standing for just a moment. And Mike, I've got just a little bit of crackling and uh, shrill in, in this. I hope my, I'm not losing my manly part of my voice on here. Last week, the Lord allowed me the opportunity to talk to you about your praise. You don't choose your giftings. You don't choose your opportunities. You don't choose your personality. 
or your position, but you choose your praise. It is your praise. You are only limited by your desire. You are only limited by your pride or your apathy. Praise is a barometer of the spirit-filled life. It's an indicator. It's the evidence of that which God has wrought in the human soul. It is both to be reflexive and intentional. And it is always vocal. Unoffered praise is only an opinion. And we do not worship God with opinions. We worship Him with our mouth. We, the Bible says, Oh, give unto the Lord the glory due His name. He's already provided the service. He's already provided the grace. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. And when he healed the ten lepers, uh, one came back and Jesus said, where are the nine? Did I not heal ten? Is there only one that's come back to give glory to God, which lets us know that God recognizes praise and he recognizes the absence of it. Your praise is as individual as you are. They tell us that no human beings, no two human beings are alike and no fingerprints are alike and no praise is alike. I can join you in song, but I got my own song. I've got my own story. I've got my own path. I've got my own history. I've got my own expectation. It's wonderful to have a mother that knows God. It's wonderful to have a daddy that knows God and grandparents that knew God. But I want to know him for myself. I want to bless him for myself. Today, by God's grace, if he allows and he tarries, which I hope he doesn't. Ready to go home. Anybody else? I want to speak to you about character, the character and characteristics of praise. Would you bow your heads with me? And if this is uh, your heart today, would you just put your hand on your heart? Lord, I just humble myself before you as nothing more than an unprofitable servant at best. But I'm asking today that you would use me for your glory Anoint my words, O Lord, that they would have a clarity and an unction from heaven, that they would reach into the lowest part of who we are and transform us. The entrance of your word gives life and light. Let it be so today, O Lord. Open our eyes, O God, that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. And open our mouth that we might declare unto this evil and adulterous generation, this ungrateful generation, the goodness of God, the greatness of God, and the nearness of God. Let us not be silent, O Lord. Let not that be just a hashtag for us that I'm not going to let the rocks cry out. Don't let anyone steal a word of our praise. Let their children speak of us when no one's listening. Let me tell you about my daddy. He wakes up and he thanks the Lord about my mother. She is grateful to God. And may we pass that heritage on for the glory of your son. May we fit right in with the temperature of heaven when you come for us. As the angels praise you, we push by and say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In the name of your son, I ask it. And I thank you for this opportunity, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. I felt something hit me. I don't know if it's... Can I tell you a quick, funny story? I got a buddy of mine who's a little older than me, and 
raised in old time, early Pentecost, you know, in the churches with the crank out windows. Remember, no air conditioning at all. And he, you know, everybody then wore coat, suit, tie, dresses. They bathed, shaved, all that stuff, which they don't do now. Uh, sorry. So he, uh, he's at the church service, and it's just hot. It's just hot. And, he, you know, you couldn't take your coat off then. You'd lose your papers. You had to wear your coat. And he said, Brother John, and that was just about 30 of us in there. And I, 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 you know, when you start seeing dead relatives, when you're so hot and you you know, Uncle Earl, you, you got to do something. So he took, he took his jacket off, and right then a, a breeze blew through on him, and he goes, oh, like that. And when he did, a couple of the sisters got up and had a spell. You know, they were like, they thought the Holy Spirit started moving. He's like, no, it was just the wind, just <laughs> chilling. The wind, I thought it was funnier than that, but anyway, I'm just grateful for it. I want to talk to you about the character of your praise. When you say a man has character, a woman has character, you're talking about how they handle themselves, how they are in each situation, not situational ethics, but ethics nonetheless. You talk about an expectation of them based on past performances. You, you, you think of when you think of character, you think of consistency and faithfulness. What is the character of your praise? How identifiable is it? How recognizable is it? Can heaven chart praise through your day predictively? Watch this right here. She's going to thank the Lord. Watch this here. In the same way, we are of varying characters and levels of, of character and nobility in the earth, so it is in the spiritual realm. And I want to talk to you about how your praise is shaped today, how it's created and how it's released. Number one, if you're taking notes, your praise is born of revelation. There is no praise, uh, well, I should say, Outside of the basic praise that God expects from any living organism, everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Praise is born of revelation. When I, when I learn that he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth, which means before there was a me, he had saved me. He had created salvation for me. Praise flows from that. When I understand that I was knit in my mother's womb and when no one else could see my parts, he was forming them, I praise him. When I know that he goes before me and he goes after me, when I know that he's predestined me to be conformed to the image of his son, he's written my name in the Lamb's book of life, he's coming back for me because he wants me to be where he is. And so shall I ever be with the Lord. Every time you learn something of his person, praise starts to grow inside of you. And people squelch it for fear of men, of what some might say or what some might think. And see, this, this erodes all excuses. This isn't an issue of who's talkative and who's quiet. This is an issue of who's an extrovert or introvert. This is an issue of revelation. In the church, there should be a harmony of personalities where the quiet person and the loud person, the timid and the bold, 
the soft-spoken and those with a, a louder voice blend together in praise because it is not about personality. See, through worship, the loud person humbles himself and they are quiet. And in praise, the quiet person lifts their voice because it's not a matter of what I'm comfortable doing. It's what he is worthy of. And I lift my voice and I bless the Lord. David said, I will bless the Lord. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It's born of his practice and pattern. Systematically, we are learning not just about him in the Bible, but through our own life, how he does what he does. And when we see the pattern of God's care, we see the pattern of his provision and protection and not just what he's delivered me from, but what he's kept me from. And when I look and when I start to see the patterns, I praise him. God, you didn't have to blank, but you always seem to blank. And for that, oh God, I want to tell you that I'm grateful. And I want to tell others about what you've done for me and how good you've been to me. It's born of the revelation of his promises. Now, let me tell you one of the the, the strides of maturation for the believer. The carnal believer will not praise God. The, by carnal, I should say more um, almost dead, just frozen over, apathetic, pride-filled. They're not going to praise God. The carnal believer, y'all stay with me up here. The carnal believer will praise him after he does something. Now, it's right to praise him after he's done things. But the mature believer will praise him in the expectation of things. Miriam's timbrel, the horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea, that is a wonderful thing. It is the right thing to do when God drowns all of your enemies in the Red Sea and provides a deliverance. Yes, that is the time to sing. But God give us one on this side of the Red Sea. God, give us a man and a woman on this side. Before the sea opens, says, give me the tambourine. Let me tell you of a God that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask or think. I'm thanking him now. I'm thanking him before the miracle. Well, that makes you vulnerable. Yes, that makes it a rare praise. A rare praise. I always try to tell people before, let me tell you what I'm believing the Lord for. See, to y'all, it's just a story. I stood on this stage and this sterile man told you that God spoke to my heart that we would not find our children, but they would find us. And two nine-year-old little girls are in this room right now because God did exactly what he said he was going to do. Now, I thank him on this side of it. And if you didn't know, being a daddy is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my life, period. But I'm grateful to the Lord that at this point in the journey, I had the character, characteristics, character, to say it before. Why are you so quiet? Well, John, because if I step out there on nothing, I'm vulnerable. Yes. It's not manipulation. It's not I praise you and you have to do it. It's saying, I'm praising you in advance for this care of control. In the same way, the three Hebrew boys, when given an opportunity to bow down to save their life at the sound of the trumpets, they said, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, small K, 
O king, small k, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm not careful to answer you in this matter. My God whom I serve is able to deliver, watch the specificity, to deliver me from this burning fiery furnace, this specific thing, because it's already slain, uh, or it's about to slay three people that try to throw him in. Flames 150 foot high, some commentators say. Say, we're not careful to answer you. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this, this, this thing here, this burning fiery furnace. Watch. And he will. Watch. But if not, if my praise seems to fall to the ground and I'm not rewarded with the outcome that I sought or believed for, I'm still not going to bow down like everyone else and serve this God. I will speak of the goodness of the Lord. I will have an expectation of the Lord. That's what's missing in the church. An expectation. God, is it you? Is that you around the corner? The phone rings. God, is that you? Is this it? That woman has a bad meal and she goes, is this the baby we're praying for? God, is this it? But we're so scared of being wrong that we live wrong. I'm not responsible for outcome. I'm responsible for outflow. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The revelation of his promises, of his power, potential, capacity. Old uh, evangelist from years ago used to say, your problem is not your problem. Your problem is you have a small estimation of God. Small, just a grown up us, us with a little bit more power, us with a little bit more knowledge, uh, you know. But secretly, we, we trust ourselves and we pray to God, last resort, not first choice. Praise is born of his power. I, I alluded to the story of the Red Sea not too long ago, and I heard a pastor tell the story of a woman that was uh, in a reserve church. But she wasn't reserved. She's in a quiet church, but she wasn't quiet. She was in a mausoleum. She thought she was in a church service. And they were preaching on uh, the, the, the Red Sea. And the guy was up there preaching, and he said that uh, the Red Sea wasn't really the Red Sea. It was the Reed Sea. And at a certain time of the year, uh, the sea would uh, withdraw its water and it would come back away from the land, and it would be about six to eight inches of water. And that's how the Israelites were able to come across. And this woman who knew him too well said, Oh, thank you, God! And, they, uh, you know, you don't have something like that in a reserved, frozen church, you know. So they were like, oh, and the ushers come to get her. And she goes, oh, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. But God, I knew you were grateful I come in here. But to think you could drown all those Egyptians in six inches of water. Hey! Glory! Now, <laughs> that's not good theology, but do you know what's missing in our lives? Do you know what's missing in our lives? To think that there's anything outside his scope, anything outside his hand, if he decrees a thing, it shall be. And the things that he has spoken will come to pass. If you could say, Brother John, over the years, you know, everybody gets little themes little things you put on the, the headstone, you know, little mantras. One of my life mantras is, 
Everything that he has designed for me shall come to pass. You can't stop. You can't increase the odds. You can't decrease the odds. He's God. And he asked the own question about himself. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No. We have not because we ask not. And we ask not because we view him as small. He's the Lord. Nick, he's the Lord. He forgiveth all my iniquities. He healeth all my diseases. He restoreth my soul. He heals our body. He heals our mind. He grants us the desires of our heart. He fills the barren uh, house with children's laughter. He's glorious. He makes the end of the thing better than the beginning of the thing. He's the Lord. I've told this story over 27 years so many times, and I don't just do them to put a point in the service, but as the Lord quickens them to me, sometimes I'll forget. It'll be six, seven, eight years. But let me tell you one of the turning points in your pastor's life about power. I'd just gone on staff my first position as a youth pastor. I'd only been following the Lord as an adult. I rededicated my life to the Lord at 24. No looking back since then. And at that time, and I tease you about suits, but everyone wore suits, coat, tie. How many of you know drunk college kids don't have coats and ties? I didn't have no church clothes. And so I'm shopping at Goodwill, Rescue Mission, Garage Sale, you know. And this preacher came in. His name was George Parrott. And he preached at Northside Assembly of God. And he said, God is so great. Nail it down. You can't make it difficult for him. This is not commanding him. This is telling him your expectation, your view of how great he is. And so I go home with my newfound faith, less than a year old. And I said, Father, I ain't got no money. I was making $300 a month at the church. He'll answer for that later. Uh, and I said, I, need, I, need, I got a couple of shiny suits from the rescue mission. I said, I need some shirts. And Lord, could they be white? I'm thinking of the messages. I'm not telling you how to do, but I'm trying to. See, all the while I think I'm trying to, God's trying to open my eyes. That's the whole thing, that you might see the Lord. Because to the man that sees the Lord, nothing else really holds any sway. And I said, Lord, could they be white? Uh, and pinpoint cotton. Yeah, I don't, I don't want no crinkly wrinkly. I want to pinpoint cotton out. You know, and I said, uh, Lord, 17 and a half, 34. And that's what I did. I nailed it down. It was my coming up to what was preached. I wanted to not put him to the test, but so I just forgot about it. I don't have to work him. I didn't have to work God and find a bunch of people to agree with me. He invited me to pray. I prayed. I made it specific. And I said, now I'll leave it to you. Do y'all remember that thrift store that was down Eisenhower across from the Krispy Kreme years ago? What was it? Was it Salvation Army, Goodwill? Rescue Mission? Okay, it was one of those, and I walked in, and, you know, it, no lights, just like uh, pieces of see-through plastic, and you walked in, and it was one of those, you know how you, you walk into a God moment? And I'm walking back there, and I sense the Lord, and I'm walking towards the men's clothes, and it, I wasn't overwhelmed. I just sensed the Lord's presence. And I walk up there, and there are three groups of seven shirts that are from the dry cleaners. 
you know, when guys don't pick up their clothes, they'll just give them to the rescue mission. And usually if something starts to get older or can't wear it or whatever. So I go in and I feel like it's a God moment. And I open one of them and I start to look. And there's seven white pinpoint cotton shirts, size 17 and a half, 34. I'm not lying to you. God's listening to me. And I'm going, I start crying. You know, I, you wouldn't believe that, me being a crier. So I'm crying. And you know, the beautiful thing about God moments and when you're worshiping, even if you're not, your hands aren't lifted, worldly people know it. They're all in the rescue mission. They're looking through clothes and I'm in the floor holding these shirts. <laughs> And the people are like, oh, oh Jesus, oh, Lord. They, you know, they, they're not going to bother you. Nobody's going to shop where you're shopping, you know. So I'm in the floor. I go through those seven. I go to the next one. I said, surely the next one couldn't be my size. I peel the plastic off, 17 and a half, 34, white. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I went to the third one. The crying is amped up now. And I'll just get cut to the chase and tell you, I got to the last one and my initials were sewn on the pocket. J-C-W. I hung the clothes up. You are wonderful. You are amazing. I, it was like, and yet I could go so many directions with this, but I just started to thank the Lord. And then I told the lady at the register, she's ready me to get out of there. She's like, just give me $4 and get out of here. You know, she's ready to go. I'm telling her, and you ain't going to believe this. And I went and I said, here's my license. This is my name, John Carlwood. It's JCW. And I was just so excited. And everywhere I would travel and tell this story, people say, do you still have the shirts? I said, absolutely not. It's never about the thing. You don't keep the things and build. Watch. You don't build little shrines. It's in here. It's in here. My history has taught me. So God, how'd you orchestrate that? So there had to be another guy my size before I prayed who put them in the dry cleaners who didn't pick them up and the dry cleaner had to ship them here and you had to keep everybody else my size away from them and I had to, oh my God. God, you're orchestrating, you see? You're orchestrating. So for the believer, revelation is that which opens your mouth. You see that God is before you. He's after you. He's in control of all things. Therefore, who, who am I to fear? You run it all. I wish you could have seen the boldness that this young preacher with about that much depth had as he preached with those initials on his chest under his suit coat, and no one else knew. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It's the things no one else knows that you know that propel your praise. Amen. The paths you've taken, the things you've endured, the pits you've crawled out of, the miracles you've seen. It's born of revelation. That one story and many others taught me that God is in control of every detail of my life. Therefore, I will praise him because the end of the righteous man, the Bible says, watch the end of the righteous man. It is well with him. Number two, our praise is fueled by appreciation. I told you in number one, it's born of revelation. We're hearing what other people don't hear. 
And number two, we're feeling what other people don't feel. Appreciation for what he's done for me. Not just at Calvary, but since I've been his son. We have forgotten. Our problem is we forget. Do you remember the old hymn? How many of y'all with enough white hair on you remember? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. You know why we don't do that anymore? Because we'd never leave the house. We would sit in front of that legal pad and our pen would continue to go. Our praise has stopped because we have counted it a small thing in how faithful God has been to us and how rich he's been to us. Ingratitude is the cancer of the soul. We say things like, if you never did another thing for me, I could praise you the rest of my days. But the truth is, if he never did another thing for you, you could still praise him the rest of your days because of how good. Have you really forgotten? Did you forget the nights where you were up all night and you walked the floor and you said, if you can just get me out of this one? And mama, he didn't just get us out of it. He put us into a broad place. He brought us out into an open place. He caused us. Am I the only one? He caused us to laugh again. He caused us to rejoice again. He caused us. There are people in this room you didn't know if you'd ever feel again or love again. And he brought you back to life. Do you know why there's no praise? Do you know why churches have dull worship services or fleshly? You know what a fleshly service is? When the people on stage, and thank the Lord, ours do not, have not, don't. They try to rev and try to rev and try to rev because they're trying to get something out of the people that isn't there. But oh, if it's in there, first chord, ding, hallelujah, let's go. I wonder what's making all that noise for. Oh, if you'd been through what I'd been through, you'd lift your voice. You'd thank the Lord. It's due his name. I'm, I, I'm, I'm past due. Flooded with goodness. Flooded with blessings. Yes. Fueled by the appreciation of his ever-present care for me. His generosity, provision, preservation, peace, and security. Of his love shown towards us in temporal and spiritual ways. Ingratitude. The Bible says one of the signs of the last days, perilous times would come. Men would be ungrateful. And if I've got to try to pull praise from you, you have deeper issues than praise. How can you say that? Because I've been there. You, they check your blood pressure. They check your blood to see if something's wrong. A silent believer is sick in their soul. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying something's wrong. When you run in 104 temperature and somebody goes, something's wrong. And you're sitting there, you know, just sweating and cold at the same time. Don't judge me. I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you something's wrong. That's not how it's supposed to be. There should forever be on your tongue all during the day. Thank you, Lord. Thank God I see that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I felt that. Thank you, Lord. A song come on you. Yes, God, I remember that. I'm still celebrating 
from 1986 when God delivered me from alcohol. I was drunk four or five nights a week for seven years. And it's been 30, I can't even keep track no more, 86. That's a long time. How'd you get out? He brought me out. Well, did you, mm mm-mm. Well, did you have, mm mm-mm. He said, who the sun sets free. Yes, it's free indeed. It's free indeed. I just walked in, watch, to the revelation of what he said. Oh, he said, sin will not have dominion over me. I just walked out and walked into that fullness. And I'm grateful. Still, today, I can turn on Facebook and see my fraternity brothers. 40 years ago, and this is college, by the way, fraternity brothers. 40 years ago, they're all standing there with the cup. You know, you're 17 years old. You got your little beard. Now, they all got the belly, white hair, no hair. I'm not mocking. I was in it. You know what the difference is? He rescued me from that picture today. He's rescued us. There should forever be songs in our mouth. Thanks unto God. And if not, something's wrong. Go ask him. Go go back and find the place where your well got stopped up and unstop it. Unstop it. Number three. And there's only four, by the way. Our praise is purified as we mature. It's purified as we mature, causing us to do what others won't do. Being not just reflexive, but intentional and disciplined in our practice of praise. Intentional. Purposing. Brother John, what does that look like? You tell me. It's as as creative as you want to be. said, okay. No one puts a mouth of food, uh, any food in their mouth, uh, till we eat, say two things we're grateful for. Or before you go to bed. Or before, you know, you get in your car and go to work. Okay, I've got to thank the Lord. How can you be intentional to start a habit of yourself being grateful and thankful and speaking of not only what he's done, but who he is and keeping him ever before you? Praise the Lord at all times. Make it a habit or practice. Intention. See, maturation says it's not enough just to do it when I feel it. These are just small things. Has anyone ever been out in public and the Holy Spirit just move on you? I remember many years ago, it's the first time this really happened. I was in the Macon Mall back when people walked in it and <laughs> shopped in it. There were people in there. Trust me, I got pictures. Uh, I remember walking through the mall, and it was one of those just like, just his presence. And out loud, I said, in the mall, Lord? He said, in the mall. I just stopped, and I just lifted my hands. I wasn't trying to be, see, people are just, oh, look at him. You didn't know my heart. I just got delivered. I just lifted my hands, and I said, I just want to thank you, Lord, for rescuing me. And again, people just, oh, Lord, they'll walk around. Nobody going to bother you. Trust me, nobody's bothering you. Tears going down my face. I said, I just want to thank you today, Lord, publicly. I'm not doing it for them, but I don't care who hears me. I wonder who did hear me. And I just want to thank you in the mall for how good you've been to me. I think I'd rather have the testimony of my children say, Daddy did sometimes 
in the strangest places than for them to say, I can't remember a time daddy just stopped and said, we ain't doing another thing till we praise the Lord and thank God. Intentional. Intentional. Not just reflexive. Being humble in its offering. You know what's the most humbling thing about praise? Is who gets to give it. Do you really feel this way? You mean I can give God something he'd take? Me. And that he's looking for my individual voice? My separate voice? Unworthily. Let me tell you what praise, looks, praise and worship looks like. You humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. That's our reverence. That's our see, see, that's our seeing ourselves clearly and seeing him clearly. We humble ourselves, then the Lord lifts us up. And then we don't walk around looking at our shoes because he has been our glory and the lifter of our head. I'm not, my head is not high because I'm arrogant. It's high because he lifted it in praise. He lifted it in praise. And I see him. Being unashamedly vocal and sincere in our expression. Don't, don't say it because everybody else is saying it. How are you today? I'm blessed and highly favored. How are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. Well, where'd you eat somebody that they liked said that? Come up with your genuine expressions. Do you ever notice when you hear something that's so authentic it makes you stop and you go, that came from the truest part of who they are. Like if you ask me how they're doing, they go, can you just stop this minute? I just got to tell you. Let me tell you how good God has been to me. And they get done, and you are blessed and convicted at the same time. You go, oh, God, open my mouth. And God says, I will not do it for you, and no one else can do it for you. You open your mouth. And praise ye the Lord. Being repetitious. Rehearsing and reviewing his goodness. How is it that we want our children to be repetitious in their gratitude, but we're not repetitious to God? We had a crisis in our home in the last month. I have to tell them, Kelly. I'll get forgiveness later. My little girls wanted an iPod touch, which means they can now text Yaya and Auntie Becca. And they can't call them, you know, it's, it's just, it's limited, yeah. And Kelly was right on every point. She was right on every point. So Daddy, since he couldn't trump Mama, and they see us leading this together, I said, well... I want to get it for you, but it's up to your mother. <laughs> yes, I did. I'm, I don't just tell you the good things. I tell you, this is real. I said, as far as your father is concerned, I've already bought it. But we can pray <laughs> and work on your mother, you know. And Kelly goes, when I said it out loud, she goes, John. Said, no, I'm submitting to you. Mutual submission. 
Whatever you want, Kelly, we'll do. And they're both looking at Daddy, who wants to do this. And this is a true story, by the way. So Kelly concedes, and then she said, okay, but we're giving it to them on their birthday, which is July 30th. 31st. That's what I was, 31st. And this was three weeks ago that it came in the mail, and she goes, you're going to give it to them, aren't you? You're going to give it to them, aren't you? Yes. Yes. And then all of my staff, they said, oh, you're spoiling them. They're rotten and everything. Yeah, but they love me. <laughs> they love me. So I've made myself vulnerable to tell you, do you know how many thank yous I've gotten from that iPod Touch? And do you know how much leverage I have against them now? The rooms are getting cleaned. The dogs are getting washed. The windows are being done. You know, I'll take the touch. You'll be touchless. That's what I tell them. You'll be touchless. But my Isabel, all during the day, will go, Daddy, thank you. Thank you. No, Izzy, you thanked me the first day. That's enough. Do you understand that you learn the things of God, the, the eternal things through temporal realities oftentimes? And when I come back to the Lord and go, thank you again for my trouble. Well, John, you think, I, no, you can hear it every day. I just want to thank you. Does there ever a time where you get tired of the authentic expression? No. And I've told you this before, and those of you that are new parents, I'm going to give you a secret. They won't tell you on Oprah Life class because they don't know. They don't know these secrets. You're going to have favorite children. Oh, no, I'm not. I love them all the same. I'd die for them. I didn't say you wouldn't die for them all. I said you're going to have favorite children. Just live long enough and see. And you know which one's going to be your favorite? The one that loves you the most. Got quiet in it. That one that thanks you. The, that one that's over there playing with the toys and the other one stays in your lap and starts to cry. You're the best mama that ever was. I know, baby. It's just me and you. Just <laughs> If everybody else died, baby, it'd be okay. Just me and you. I use silly illustrations because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get in those tight places and let you know you can be God's favorite. You can be the voice that rings in his ears. You can be the child in his lap. You can be the one when the earth is silent and you say, God, did I tell you today how grateful I am? I just want to interrupt. Excuse me while y'all are talking about things. I want to tell the Lord how wonderful you are and how grateful I am. Just a thought. If our worship team would come on up, please. And you know everybody's got to watch y'all come up. So I'm going to take a sip of water while they watch you take every step. <laughs> the last part of number three is this. I wonder who in this room will choose to be wasteful and extravagant in their praise to God. That was too much. That was too much over there. That was, that was too loud. That was too demonstrative. We should have sold that and given it to the poor. There's always going to be people that judge your praise. But if you're offering praise, you don't have time to judge someone else's praise. Are you generous with your praise? Are you 
wasteful. The world says that you overdo it, but can you? Can you overdo giving the Lord glory? No. Number four, finally. And Brooke, you can play if you'd like to, and then we'll go into our last song in a moment. Your praise is made, or our praise is made by those with eyes to see. Recognizing the opportunity. Recognizing the moment. See, when Jesus was making the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, not all, but some thought him to be Messiah. That's why the branches save us. They were, they were thinking King Jesus. But kings don't ride on donkeys. They, they, but they knew he was Messiah. Some believed, and so they threw their coats down in the palm branches. Now watch. So they praised him from Revelation. Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And picture this. Jesus riding on a colt which no man had ever sat upon. Jesus seeing him when no one else saw him. Jesus sending the command, loose him and bring him to me. I have need of him. If they ask you, why are you taking him? Say, the Lord has need of him. That's you, by the way. You were the colt tied with no purpose and no dignity. And Jesus saw you when others didn't see you and brings you to him. And you bring him to other people. Just a sermon in a sermon, by the way. So Jesus is riding on this donkey and they're screaming, Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. But at Calvary, it's quiet. Because no one saw him as Savior. One soldier said, surely this must be the Son of God. When we are spiritually blind through sin or carnality or immaturity. We don't see the opportunities before us to praise the Lord in the moment. No one saw him dying for our sins. Well, I'm not jumping on them. But I am more keenly aware today, with all due respect, listen, my wife is the better person of us two. I have the most wonderful mom and mother-in-law and sister-in-law, but I'm not concerned about what they're doing. At Thanksgiving and at Christmas, I'm going to watch for the opportunities and I'm going to say, stop here, pause here, speak here. I want to see the moments and make sure that if he's dying on the cross, we recognize it. If he's providing a blessing, we recognize it. If he's making a way, if he's sustaining us, if he's preserving us, if he's opening doors that no man can open and closing doors that no man can close, I want to recognize it. That's why Jesus said to the Laodicean church, Buy of me oil, salve for your eyes that you might see. See, we think we're rich and increased with good and have need of nothing, but we can be blind, blind, poor, naked, blind. Praise happens to those whose eyes are open. So it's born of revelation. It's fueled by gratitude. It's refined by maturation. And it is... Uh, evidenced by people 
who see. So, so if God started to open your eyes and you saw every blessing, the moment you see it, say it. Even if it's just under your breath. I've told this so many times, but it's true. One of my favorite things about my wife is if she ever says, if she ever hears me say anything privately or publicly in our family about the Lord, it'll just be under my breath. I'll go, thank you, Lord. She'll go, thank you, Lord. It's like an echo. Thank you, Lord. And I go, yes, yes. When Jesus comes, will he even find faith in the earth? Praise is the simplest form of faith. Anything that has breath can do it. Stand with me this morning. When you hear something like the last point about the Laodicean church, and Jesus says that they were blind and can't see his goodness, can't see his majesty. Jesus also concludes with this. He said, don't be discouraged. I, I chasten and correct those that I love. Praise brings me near him. And it brings him near me. He inhabits the, pray, the moment. So you mean, John, every time I open my mouth, he's there. Think about it. He's there. This is not a service you give an altar call to. It's not a service that I tell you how to do because you're all so individually creative and different. There's none like you. Figure out your way and turn it up. That's what young people say when you get in the car. Turn it up. Old people say, turn it down. It's time to turn it up and to offer the Lord praise and gratitude. Is that in your heart today? Good. All right, I want to shift gears for you. I want to shift gears. This song that Brooke's going to play, she started to play it yes, uh, last week at the end of service. When I think about the Lord, see, stories move me, but my story thrills me. So as we sing this song, I want you to think about how he brought you out, brought you through, carried you to this day and listening for your voice. May we offer him praise this morning. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost. How he healed me to the uttermost When I think about the Lord How he picked me up and turned me around How he placed my feet 
Somebody, hallelujah. We've allotted ourselves time right here. And some of y'all have never done this. And it's good to assault your pride. And others say, I couldn't care less. All right. You would say addict, alcoholic, whatever. But I was bound by alcohol, perversity, immorality, pornography, all those things. I am free in Christ Jesus. Are there any other addicts that are free that would like to just come say, John, I'm going to thank him. Anybody else besides me? I'm not embarrassed. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We ain't going nowhere. We're about to scream. All of y'all were addicted. Just real quick, how long has it been since? Five years. Five years. Eleven years. Eleven years. Almost two. Almost two. Thirty, 30 years. <laughs> okay. Those of you, you would say you wouldn't recognize me. I was depressed. Bound in this, bound in spirit, not addiction, but like a grave walker. And he gave me new life. I want you to come. Look here. Come on. You feel that, don't you? Now, do you see where I'm going? I'm going to stop here. I could just keep naming categories and there'd be nobody there. Because he's worried. He's done it already. All right, this is your last chance. One more time unto him. And when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, Anybody got to thank you, Jesus? Amen.
Now, are you ready for this week? Man, praise God. I want tonight, we're going to be back up in the grill. We're going to unpack this. We'll be on Facebook. Join us and join in on this discussion. We're going to hear from you too a little bit. But man, today doesn't end. This morning doesn't end. Let's take this through this week. Six o'clock tonight, sorry. Let's take this this week, amen? Amen, I'm sitting here thinking Pastor John was preaching. He's asking people to come up. Maybe there's some of you that you're having to praise him on the front end. You're having to praise him on the front end because you're still waiting for that victory. You're still waiting for that moment. You're still waiting for the kids to come home. You're still waiting for the deliverance. Guess what? There's testimonies right here. You see that? Man, he is not done. Amen. Jesus, thank you that you are not done working on our behalf. You are not done working all things together for those that you have called according to your purpose, who stand upon your word and your truth, who follow you in obedience. So God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you are doing right now. And thank you for what you have prepared in advance. Good works for us to walk in, Lord Jesus. Oh, you are so good. Lord, let today be a day of thanks. Let it be a day of celebration in our hearts in every moment. God, open our eyes. Waken us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys be blessed. We love you. See you next week for uh, Resurrection Sunday.